0: You are listening to The Therapy Podcast with your host, Schloimi Balsam. Hello and welcome to another episode of The Therapy Podcast. Today we're going to be talking about family therapy, the systems theory, system psychology, family, couples counseling, the issues that they entail and... Let's see if we could find some other fun stuff to talk about. There are a number of issues to address when discussing marriage and family therapy. Uh, There are ethical, clinical, cultural, legal issues. Confidentiality gets complicated. So let's try cracking through this one step at a time. System psychology is partially theoretical psychology and applied psychology. Right. Theoretical psychology is uh, talking about theoretical, philosophical aspects of psychology. It's deeper. It's, it's non-surface. Applied psychology is you know, psychological methods and findings of scientific psychology to solve practical problems of human and animal behavior and experience. Mental health um, is just one means of that. Applied psychology. So, when you put together theoretical psychology and applied psychology, you're going to have a balance between hardcore facts, what's on the table, and deeper what's behind the scenes. So, there are actually a number of types of psychology in which systems manifest itself. We're going to focus on family systems therapy Um, in in the 1970s. Applied system psychology was being used as a specialism directly related to engineering psychology and human factor. There is also cognitive systems therapy. Uh, the cognitive systems theory. It's a cognitive system psychology. It's a part of cognitive psychology. And like existential psychology, it attempts to, to dissolve the barrier between the conscious and the unconscious mind. That's the cognitive Theory the concrete systems psychology are concrete systems in the human, in the study of the human systems across the varied biological contexts and situations of everyday life. Contract system psychology is about the human systems actualization through participative organizations, family system psychology. It's a more general name for the subfield of family therapists. Um, Murray Bowen. People would call themselves a Bowen therapist. They are, you know, that's someone who identifies as he is a therapist who works with family systems. The idea that Bowen introduced is that Don't look at the family sitting in front of you. Focus on the entire spectrum of this family, where it stems from, and the different aspects of it, and realize that it's more than just a secluded issue. It's a branch of psychotherapy, which is the use of of psychology, um... When based on a regular personal interaction with adults to help a person change their behavior, outcome, problems in a desired way, psychotherapy aims to improve an individual's well-being and mental health and take care of any issues that he's dealing with. But it's performed when family systems therapy with the entire family. Uh, It can be used in intimate relationships. It tends to view the, system, the family as a system. The family relationships is an important factor in psychological health, and therefore family problems, when they show up, aren't secluded. They are a property of systemic interactions rather than, you know, blaming an individual member of the family. Marriage and family therapists, otherwise known as MFTs, are the most specifically trained in family systems therapy. The American Association for Marriage and Family Therapy writes in section 2.1. When it comes to ethics, confidentiality gets very, very tight. Especially when you have an intimate relationship, there is um, there's so much love that when it gets when anger is introduced, it's exponentially greater. You don't hate someone that you have no relationship with, but someone who, who you have a couple who who really really have a tight relationship that love can turn into a a volcano so uh confidentiality needs to have set strict rules and here is one uh here's what here's what it says in 2.1 marriage and family therapists disclose to clients and other interested parties at the outset of services the nature of confidentiality and the possible limitations of the client's rights to confidentiality. You have to know that there may be a scenario when I will tell your secrets. The therapist's review with the clients: the circumstances where confidential, confidential info, in, information may be requested and where disclosure of confidential information may be legally required. Circumstances may necessitate repeated disclosure. Be open about it. Many clients... Many people have been burned by their therapist because their confidentiality was broken. The American Counseling Association in 2014 writes: In Couples and Family Counseling, counselors clearly define who is considered the client and discuss expectations and limitations of confidentiality. Counselors seek agreement and, do- and they document in writing such agreements among all involved parties regarding the confidentiality of information in the absence of an agreement the uh to the contrary the couple or family is considered to be the client so clarify who is the official client and who is kind of you know joining in for the ride right i mean it is a group therapy so who is the you know so to speak leader who is the the focus here um otherwise the entire family is going to be considered the client uh, the International Association of Marriage and, Co- and Family Counselors in 2011 writes in Section B, couple and family counselors inform clients that statements made by a family member to the counselor during an individual counseling, consultation, or collateral contact are to be treated as confidential. Such It's so important. I, 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 I You can't stress it enough. Such statements are not disclosed to other family members without the individual's permission. However, the couple and family counselors should be clearly identified sh- should clearly identify the client of counseling, which may be the couple or family systems and inform the client in written form who the intended client is. Couple and family counselors should inform the client that they do not maintain family secrets. Collude with other family members against others or otherwise contribute to this functional family system dynamic. If a client's refusal to share information from individual contacts interferes with the agreed goal of counseling, the counselor may terminate treatment and refer the client to another counselor. Some couple and family counselors choose to not meet with individuals preferring to serve family systems. There is definitely an advantage to dealing with the entire family, you get the broader picture. And when you have just an individual sitting in front of you and you're trying to paint a picture of his family, his or her family, based on their description, um, you're getting a, a wholly biased uh, perception of the family. Uh, which, you know, invariably, if the family would be sitting there, you would be getting a totally separate view from them. Okay, let's talk about the values that take on special significance in counseling couples and families. So the ethical issues are raised, trying to figure out the you know, psychosocial dysfunction, assessing the problems of the identified patient in the family context, and devising treatment strategies. So we have to figure out what would be the problem, what is this particular family's issue, and how are we going to deal with it positively the values pertaining to marriage the preservation of the family divorce the same sex marriages gender roles and the division of respons- responsibility in the family child rearing adoption of children by same sex couples extramarital affairs can all influence Therapist inter- interventions. Therapists may take sides with one member of the family against another. They may impose their values on family members, or they may be more committed to keeping the family intact than are the family members themselves. Conversely, the therapist may have a greater investment in seeing the family dissolve even more than the members of the family. The value system of the therapist influences formulation and definition of the problem's that the therapist sees in the family, the goals and plans for therapy, and the direction that the therapy is going to take. The California Association of Marriage and Family Therapists, called CAMFT, right in 2011 they write in their code of ethics the marriage and family therapists make continuous effort to be aware of how their cultural, racial, ethnic identity, values, and beliefs affect the process of therapy. Marriage and family therapists do not exert undue influence on the choice of treatment or outcomes based on such identities, values, and beliefs. There has to be a very clean slate going into this session. You have to understand that the way you see marriages and the how you personally relate to specific members of the family can easily, quite easily, interfere and tint the way you perceive and treat this family. So, obviously, any counselor who intentionally or unintentionally, intentionally imposes their values on a couple, uh, they, it can do considerable considerable harm. Definitely, should not be done intentionally. It is not the function of a therapist who works with couples and families to decide how the members should change. So, what is the role? Your goal is to help the family members see more clearly what they're doing to help them make an honest evaluation of their present patterns and to encourage them to make the changes that they deem necessary. Couples and family therapists assist couples and families in negotiating the values they want to retain, modify, or discard. So we have to ask ourselves what values and experiences that we have or have had would influence how we work with couples and families. There are many other issues and complications and new, um, new, new factors to deal with with couples and family therapists. In her seminal article, Margolin in 1982 argues persuasively that difficult. Ethical questions confront an individual therapy become even more complicated when a number of family members are seen together. She observes that the dilemma with multiple clients is that in some cases, an intervention that serves one person's best interest could, in fact, burden another family member or even be counter-therapeutic. So the therapists avoid being agents of any one family member believe that all family members contribute to the problem of the whole family. There's in no scenario is it going to be one person's fault. Rarely, 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 rarely. Ethical practice, practice demands that the therapists be clear about their commitment to each member of the family. When it comes to couples, The therapist has crucial responsibilities. It's especially true when the partners do not have a common purpose of seeking counseling. So only one of them really wants to be here. So what do you do? So a key consideration is whether to treat a couple's conflicts and relationship issues in individual therapies or in conjoint therapy. So do you divide them up and divide and conquer? Individual therapy is common. Uh, but conjoined therapy is the treatment of choice when you're addressing problems that couples encounter. Couples therapy has become the main practice within the broad field of family therapy and the efficacy of couples therapy is well established in hundreds of randomized controlled trials. Specifically, research has found that 70% of couples show improvement with couples therapy. It's a solid path to take. So, therapists who conduct the conjoint therapy, they have professional responsibility to um, of receiving training in couples therapy and practice it ethically. You have to make sure you know what you're doing. You have to be competent comp- competent in addressing the special considerations involved with couples therapy. The task of the therapist is to help a couple or a family explore and clarify their own values. You're not influencing them to accept the therapist's value system. I've come to realize, studying the art of therapy, if you will, that essentially a therapist is just a professional unpacker. He has to be observant and realize what he's unpacking. And, you know, you try to open up the suitcase as, you know, as far as the zipper can go. But once, you know, his job is not to add or detract anything. It's really just to take out all the, all the stuff that, you know, that, that TSA messed up when they were going through your bags. And you have to strain it all out on the table in front of the, the owner of this suitcase and show them, like, this is what you have. This is what you're dealing with. Let's try to neaten it out. But the moment that the therapist starts adding his own values, that's unethical. That's not your place. Your job is not to make your clients into you. Your job is to make them the best people they can be. Likewise, a key ethical issue is the impact of the therapist's life experiences on his or her ability to practice effectively and objectively. If the therapist has experiences that pertain to the issues at hand, which makes him view the situation in a certain light, he can't project that onto his client's situation. As is true regarding all ethical issues, there is a significant relationship between sound ethical practices and clinical decision-making. Family therapists may experience confusion, for example, regarding the ethical aspects of deciding who will attend family sessions. It's obvious, however, that these decisions can't be made without a solid foundation in clinical theory and methodology. Once you start knowing And studying clinical theory, and you get you get, you get experience. And then the therapist can make these ethical decisions with you know greater certainty. I know what I'm doing now. I know who should be around and who should not. Being open to periodic supervision, seeking consult consultation when necessary, and being willing to participate in one's own therapy. Are some ways in which couples and family therapists can refine their clinical skills and maintain their competence. Couples therapy is a good idea. It's estimated that half of all married couples get divorced, and about one in five marriages experience distress at some time. Challenges with affection, communication, and disagreements are fears of divorce, and some of the most common reasons couples reach out for help. Couples who are dissatisfied with their relationship They may turn to a variety of sources, including online courses, self-help books, retreats, workshops, and couples counseling. Most relationships will experience strain at some time, and it could result in failure to function optimally, and it could produce self-reinforcing maladaptive patterns. Uh, we, these are called negative interaction cycles. There are a number of reasons for this, including uh, attachment, ego, arrogance, jealousy, anger, greed, poor communication, understanding, or problem solving, uh, ill health, third parties, or, or it could really be, be anything. Often, it's an interaction between two or more factors, and frequently it's not just one of the people who are involved that exhibit such traits, don't point fingers at one person definitely don't do that quickly so it's a good idea it is 70% successful but again statistics don't apply to the individual there are issues that need to be addressed you have to the your and your best bet is to speak them out up front but it's it's worth it and you have a better shot together than apart I hope you learned something. If you have any questions, comments, or ideas, feel free to shoot me an email at askmetherapy at gmail.com. Uh, otherwise, like, subscribe, and uh, share it with a friend. Thank you so much for listening, and I'll see you later. Bye-bye.